0: Have you ever questioned the norms in our society, specifically the norms of the trajectory or the the path of a normal life? You know, certainly these days, it's like, well, you know, you go to high school and then you go to college. And once you get out of college, you spend all of your time or the majority of your time to earn money, right? So 40, 50, 60 hours a week, maybe more if you're particularly, particularly ambitious in the corporate world. And... You know, you do that and maybe you find something you love, but most people I've talked to who are trading time for money live a relatively uninspired life during the work week, you know? And then what that leaves them do is they like they just get fired up for the weekends, right? <laughs> Where they can sit inside, maybe watch some other grown men play some sports, and then just have to drag their ass back to work on Monday. No real hobbies, couple of weeks of vacation per year and you know they spend those vacations looking to be entertained looking for a bit of escapism maybe and you know that sucks like i don't think anybody sets out to to make that their existence but they kind of get there by not ever questioning if it has to be this way or if there's another way to do it and because they never questioned it, and, they, and, and, and dude, I'm guilty of this too, like we all get kind of swept up in the momentum of just life. Like it, it, Life just keeps moving faster and faster and faster, right? When you're 10 years old, a year, like a school year even, takes fucking forever. And a summer feels endless. And by the time you're 30, you're like, dude, I snapped and now I'm 35. And I closed my eyes, I woke up and I'm 40. And it just keeps going faster and faster and faster. And then Somewhere, so you get swept up in it, and then somewhere halfway through the ride, maybe you start going, man, there's got to be more to life than this. I was meant for more than this. But we can't really define what that more is. And we certainly have no idea how to access it. And the reason for this is because we've been taught the wrong skills. You know, we may have skills with like Microsoft Excel, or we might have time management skills or whatever technical skills our jobs may require, but we don't have the skills for self-examination. We have no idea how to look inward and how to explore the depths of who we are. We're just, most people are completely unfamiliar with themselves. We are strangers to ourselves. We don't know what we're made of. We don't know what our unique talents and abilities are. We don't know what makes us tick. And because we don't really know ourselves, it's impossible to cultivate a life of meaning. This has become a lost art. And when I say a life of meaning, what I'm referring to is a meaning that we assign to our own lives. So I'm not saying like, oh, there's some right way to do it. I'm saying what is what is meaningful for you and how can you cultivate a life that is meaningful for you? And so as a result of this art being lost, like people don't know themselves, they don't know how to cultivate a life of meaning for them, meaning for themselves, what we have is a bunch of people floating around doing what they think they're quote unquote supposed to do living life the quote unquote right way as best they can. And at best, they're materially successful and, you know, but maybe unfulfilled. And at worst, they're just fucking miserable. And here's the worst part, and and maybe this is you. Do you know in your heart that you are playing way under your potential, but you have no idea where to even begin to tap into that potential? I know I have felt that way. I have felt stuck. I have felt blockages. I have felt like there was more of this. I felt like I am capable of more than this, but I didn't know how to access it. And if that's you, good. Because I have some shit, you know, like I said, I have felt that way. And I've, I've been trying to explore it for the last 20 years. And I have found a few skeleton keys, I like to call them, that unlock a lot of doors in life. Because even though I live in America and, and you know, it's the land of the free... I didn't really have, before I really discovered and explored these skeleton keys, I didn't really have a sense of freedom in my day-to-day life. I felt restricted in, you know, how I felt I was supposed to live my life. I felt I was restricted in what I was supposed to find important, what I was supposed to believe. Uh, I felt restriction how I expressed myself. And these chains, these, rest- these chains, these restrictions, they're like water to a fish. I just didn't even know they were there because I was so used to wearing them. And I only realized that they were there when I felt their pull. When I tried to reach up, when I tried to create life on my own terms, all of a sudden I felt that this thing, these chains pulling me down. And they showed up as limiting beliefs. They showed up as fear, fear of going against the grain, fear of looking dumb. And so I went to work trying to unlock these chains trying to change my limiting beliefs trying to find courage in the face of my fears and these are the skeleton che uh, these are the skeleton keys that broke the chains for me and unlocked this sense of freedom in my everyday living that so many of us are craving and we either are scared to admit it or we uh, we just don't even realize it because we're so used to being stuck in the flow and in the rut that we're in. And so the the keys that I'll talk about today, I'll talk about each one briefly, but as an overview, I'll give them to you now. It's key number one is do the dance with nihilism. I'll tell you what that means. Key number two is unlearning social conditioning. Key number three is emotional control. Key number four is decision-making. And key number five is intentional lifestyle design. I could probably come up with better names, but you know, this isn't about being sexy. This is about being useful for you. So let's talk about, let's talk about the dance with nihilism first, because uh, a lot of people don't know what the fuck that is. So nihilism is, it's a philosophical belief. Specifically, it's like the rejection of anything religious and moral, but at its core, nihilism is the belief that life is meaningless. And while that's not my belief, I think it's an important concept to play with because you got to understand, you have to play with the concept by understanding that, hey, dude, it's really unlikely that anybody's going to know you existed two to three generations from now. And you know what? Even if you do find yourself some fortune and fame and legacy and all the buzzwords, well, great. People remember you a little bit longer. And then ultimately... You know, a black hole is going to swallow the universe and everyone's life's work is going to be meaningless anyway. So is that is that morbid? Yeah, maybe. But to me, it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating because when I did this dance, when I stripped away, like, dude, nothing fucking matters. What I, what I realized is, no, 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 it's not that nothing matters. It's that nothing outside of me matters. And if if there's no external meaning, if there's no universal external, that means I get to create meaning myself and assign it to my own life. And that is the foundation of everything. We have to know that we can assign our own meaning to our own lives and we are free to reject any meaning that anyone else tries to push on us. We are the creators of our lives. We decide what's important, and we decide what's not important. Period, and that's why the dance with nihilism is so so powerful. Because you got to strip it down to the core. You have to strip down, like, dude, all these things I thought were important, I've been conditioned to believe are important. They don't matter, and that's scary. And nature pours a vacuum, so you have to. If you tear something down, you have to replace it. If you, you know, you have to fill the fill the void so then you get to fill the void with what's important to you and now you are rejuvenated and you can approach life completely differently because you, (laughs) the meaning you are, you've replaced that void. You've torn down the meaning that somebody else or some other outside perspective has put on you and you replace it with meaning that is personal to you. Now, that's awesome. That's, that's the foundation of everything now from there now that you have like big picture your own meaning now we have to look at unlearning all the social conditioning that's been put on us and social conditioning it simply means that there's there's things some spoken some unspoken that we are you know that affect our unconscious mind that we are taught through life and that we accept as reality and they may not be true and the biggest lie that we we've been conditioned to believe is that there's a the right way to live life that if you go to college, if you work for 40 years and save up enough money to retire and have a nice house and a couple of Hawaiian vacations along the way or, or vac- vacations to Disney or a couple nice cruises along the way and maybe pay for your kids' college and all that good stuff, then that's the right way to do it and you win. And no other way works. But once you have broken that down you realize, dude, I assign meaning to my own life, you become aware that holy cow, there is no one right way to do it. I can make life whatever I want it to be. And then what that does is it makes you aware of all the little tiny pieces of social conditioning that get snuck in there. All the supposed tos, right? So many people are operating from a place of I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do. Right? Supposed in quotation marks. But if you can become aware that like, well, who says who? If you can become aware that I'm doing this because I'm supposed to do it, then you can ask yourself the question, says who? Says who? And then if it's like, if anybody says it except for me, then you get to reject it. <laughs> you get to stop thinking you have to supposed to do that thing. That was a hell of a sentence. Stop thinking that you're supposed to do that thing. Anyway, there's social conditioning around binaries in life, black and white thinking. You know, so we've been you know certainly through the school system we taught there's a we've been taught there's a right answer and a wrong answer, but life is super gray. There is in reality almost every question can be answered with it depends. There is so much nuance in life, yet we've been conditioned to believe we have to find the right answer, we're dumb if we get the wrong answer, and we need to put all of our effort into finding the right. But when we understand that there's so much nuance in life, that really all living things exist in the gray, we get to push back on that little bit of conditioning. And the final piece of social conditioning, I'm gonna or final example I should say, I'm going to talk about today is just the fear of of looking dumb. We, we as a society have viewed failure as bad. And so you may have accepted that download like I'm not supposed to fail. I'm not supposed to look dumb. I'm always supposed to have the right answers. I'm always supposed to do the right thing. Um, and what happens, that conditioning keeps people from ever even trying something. They just don't even try because they're so scared of looking dumb. And so the reason I bring this up is because unlearning social conditioning is a process but it starts with awareness. You have to become aware and you have to question thoughts that come into your own mind and go, well, if, if you feel like you're supposed to do something, ask yourself, who says I'm supposed to do that? If you're tempted to think, oh man, I got to do this the right way, or if it's not right, it's wrong, ask yourself, well, is there some gray area here? What's the nuance involved? And if you're scared of looking dumb, maybe ask yourself, well, cool, well, what's going to happen if I fail? Because the reality is people who succeed, They build that success on a series of failures because that's called discovery. It takes a lot of discovery and a lot of doing things the wrong way to come across, you know, a successful answer sometimes. So once you become aware of the social conditioning, you can push back. You can sort of question all that automatic programming that goes in your brain. So now you've assigned meaning to your own life. You have become aware of social conditioning so that you can push back against it and start questioning some automatic thoughts you have. Well now we got to get into how do I control my emotions? And emotions create a unique prison for a lot of people. A lot of folks find themselves on a roller coaster. They're either they're unable to separate their emotions from what happens in the world. So it's like if everything goes good in life, my emotions are positive. If everything goes bad in my life, my emotions are negative and we're never able to separate ourselves from that. And therefore we're never able to get off the roller coaster. We are complete we are completely dependent on everything in life going good in order to feel good emotions, or positive emotions. And speaking of positive emotions, most of us either think, oh, man, positive emotions are good and negative is bad. So I'm just going to be positive all the time because negative emotions are bad. Or we go the complete opposite route. and go, I'm just going to repress all my emotions. But what we do, right, what, what I would encourage, encourage you to do is look at emotions, start to look at emotions as resourceful and unresourceful. OK, we're defining it and I'm going to define resourceful, a resourceful, emotional state as uh, an emotional state that creates the behavior that you want. The behavior that you want is behavior that is serving your purpose, getting you closer to that life of meaning. And so what this looks like in real time is like, dude, fear, shame and guilt are not resourceful because they don't they don't create behavior necessarily that gets you closer to what you want. And they're negative. But positive emotions can be unresourceful too because like, dude, if you are just so forgiving and I'm so gracious with myself because, you know, and I'm so positive, like, oh, I'll get them next time. And you're doing that even when you're behaving in a way that's not serving you, that's still unresourceful. So the goal here is to be able to feel our emotions and then get back to neutral so we can accept what is happening and make logical decisions about what to do next. So if I, you know, like, let's just use a very basic example because I guess technically I'm a fitness guy, right? I have a fitness program. If I miss a workout, does shame or guilt help me get my next workout? Is that resourceful? No, that's not resourceful. Is is being overly positive like, it's okay, buddy, get them next time. Is that resourceful? No. What is resourceful is getting back to a neutral state and just being like, okay, I missed a workout, why? And how can I, what decisions can I make differently or how can I make sure I get it in next time? Not not overly positive, not overly negative, but purely what is gonna serve me in the long run, which is troubleshooting, why did I miss this workout and how can I ensure that I get more consistent in the future? That's the power of emotional control. Beating yourself up doesn't do shit. Being overly positive doesn't do shit. But being able to pull yourself back into a neutral place allows you to make solid decisions that are going to serve your purpose. Now, and these are all building if you didn't notice. Because once you are able to find yourself in an emotionally neutral state or or get yourself into a neutral state, what that allows you to do is that affects your decision-making process, which is the next skeleton key. See most of us don't really realize how our lack of a decision-making process is just absolutely eating us up. It is absolutely keeping us prisoner because we're either being pulled into decisions because of FOMO or we're paralyzed into indecision because we're we're scared to do the wrong thing or we make a decision and then we can't move forward with our lives because we're stuck in a cycle of second guessing ourselves. And so first of all, let's look at what is a good decision. What is it? What does having a decision-making process mean? What does it mean? What is a good decision? So, to most people, a good decision means you got the best outcome. So, I, I made the right investment, and and the the stock went up, and I made money. That's the only. That's a good decision. But what happens is, if that's what you base it on, that means that if you make the wrong, or if you don't get the outcome you want, you lose a little bit of trust in yourself. Anytime something doesn't go your way and there's many reasons that are outside your control where something can't go your way, you're going to start to second-guess yourself. You're going to lose a little trust in yourself. So I don't believe in saying a good decision was I got the outcome I wanted, a bad decision was I didn't get the outcome I wanted. You can go through a good decision-making process, and just because there's so many things in the world that are outside of your control, you could get a less-than-optimal outcome, right? But I would still make the same decision again. Because I know how I came to it. So to me, what I'm going to say a good decision means, that means when you've looked at what's important to you. See how this is all stacking? Uh, I'm in an emotionally neutral place. And therefore, I am making the best decision possible with the information I have in front of me at this time. What that allows me to do is make the decision and move on with my life and and, 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 and let the chips fall where they may. So I can control how I came to the decision, but I can't control what happens in the world once the decision is made. So I get to keep trust in myself. I am. Uh, it keeps me open to making, you know, changing my mind if new information comes to light. And it keeps me. I, I'm able to make a decision, move on, and not second guess my not second guess myself. And that that is a freedom most people don't feel because. We've never really thought about it this way. We are so busy try- when, when it comes to a decision-making process. We put so much pressure on ourselves to only pick the option that's going to have the best outcome that we forget to, to look at things like, hey, man, what's important to me? Am, <laughs> am I in the right emotional state to make this decision? And you know, when that's the case, we just get stuck. That's the prison. But if you can make a decision, know that it's no be comfortable and confident in how you came to it that allows you to make a decision, move on with your life, and not second guess yourself. And that's freedom, my friend. So once all that's stacked up, you know what's important to you, you know how to reject social conditioning that um, you, you never really opted into, that's been put on you by default. You know how to get yourself into an emotionally neutral state. You know you are confident in your decision-making ability. All that leads up to, hey, now I can actually design my lifestyle. I can be very intentional about how I spend my day to day. See the traditional way of living, you know, which is the whole like, oh, go to college, work, save enough money for retirement, you know, acquire as much money as possible by the way, you know, and then so you can retire, I guess, have the nicest Skechers and the nicest whatever, I don't know, but that whole way of living insinuates that there's only one currency, money. And money's important, money makes the world go round, you need it, you know, to live and trade in this world. But there's a lot of other currencies besides time that we spend every single day. You know, the yeah, Nicholson's thing is timer is the acronym. Time, influence, money, energy, and reputation. And I would add to that, which influence and reputation kind of rolled into one is relationships. So there are many, many reasons to do the things I do on a given day. Doing this podcast right now gives me energy. I don't make money from it; it gives me energy. It, it builds relationships with people I don't even know about. They, you know, people pass the podcast on, and all of a sudden, someone hits my inbox like, "Dude, this thing you said, blah 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 blah," and it starts a conversation. I've created a new relationship. I've increased my reputation. Dude, this awesome! <laughs> like, pretty cool. Like, so going back to the decision making process, I'm gonna keep doing this podcast. Because it's feeding me the things that I I want to get out of it. But if somebody was saying like, oh, dude, this thing doesn't generate revenue for you. You got to get rid of it. I'd be like, fuck, okay. But then I'd be a little bit sad inside, wouldn't I? So here's the thing. Time, energy, reputation, influence, energy, all these things. Everyone has our own proprietary blend of those currencies that we value. And realistically, it's not even like every single person ranks those and in in like that's how they view things in importance in every situation. It's like there's the individual and then there's the individual situation. So in this situation over here, you know, I might go to work at my accounting firm or whatever it is that people do and be like, dude, the primary thing I need to get out of this is just money. Like this pays the bills. Cool dude, now we know that. But then how you spend your time after work or on the weekends, if you have enough money from your nine to five, then you can look at me like, okay, I'm going to, how can I spend my time in a way that's going to give me more energy? That's going to build my relationships more. Or maybe you're looking at two jobs. You're like, Hey, man, this one pays a little bit more money, but this one over here. Yeah, it's less money, but it offers me more time, freedom, right? Like it's not going to eat up as much of my bandwidth. And at this stage in my life, I need less money and I value my time more. Cool, man. So. All that to say, I mean, that's a decision-making process in itself. Intentional lifestyle design. Intentional lifestyle design is essentially the series of decisions of how am I gonna spend my life? How am I gonna spend every single day of my life? And when you do this right, when you understand, you know, so again, stacking all these skeleton keys, when you when you understand what's important to you, you've created your own meaning. When you become aware of this of the programming that's been putting your head through social conditioning and you can reject it, when you can control your emotions. When you can make good decisions, you can now get super intentional with how you set up your life and you can create a day-to-day that is so powerful and so fun and so energizing, you may never need a vacation or you may never need to retire. So again, the keys, dance with nihilism to create your own meaning, unlearning social conditioning so you can be aware of the programs that are running in your head that may not serve you. Emotional control means, hey, man, how can I get to neutral so I can be in an emotional state that serves me? Decision-making is how can I be confident in my decision-making process so I don't have to second-guess myself and I don't have to base my worth on whether I made the right decision or the wrong decision. An intentional lifestyle design is a, is a accumulation of all those things. How am I going to spend my days? In a way that is so meaningful and so impactful for me that like when I am on my freaking deathbed, I can look back and be like, dude, I love the way I spent my life. And my final thought for today. We've been taught not to be selfish. Okay. We've been taught that there is moral kind of high ground, if you will, and putting everybody else first. And I agree to a certain extent because humans, we are generally happiest when we are operating from a place of contribution. That is, that is true. We want to be useful. We we want to contribute to the lives of people around us. But oftentimes, you know, this, this whole being of service to others thing, it gets taken the wrong way as a false binary. It gets taken, and what that means is like an either or. Like either I can do what I want with my life, or take care of myself, or I could put other people first, but I can't do both. But it's not an either or, it is a both and, it is a both and. Because your highest contribution, your highest contribution, living, like reaching a state where you are as close as possible to your full potential so that you can contribute to the world, that can only happen when you're living a life of alignment. When you know who you are, when you know what's important to you, when when you know what you want your life to be. So if you are fully cultivating and developing all the gifts that have been given to you, operating at your highest level of potential, that's the state from which you can contribute the most. So I would argue that the most important work you can do and the highest contribution you can make is to take care of yourself, is to put yourself first, is to do the work of understanding yourself and to create the life that you want. Because from there, everybody else benefits. But if you resign yourself to a life of shoulds and supposed tos and this quiet desperation, you go to the grave with a bunch of talents and gifts that were meant to be shared with the world that you kept to yourself because you're too scared to fight back. you were too scared of looking dumb by going against the grain. So that is my final thought for the day. Thanks for listening. If, if this landed with you, dude, hit, hit the website. Just go to goodshit.info. Find me on social media. I'm most active on Instagram right now. But while you're on good shit, subscribe to my uh, sub stack as well. I write some articles up there. Um, I've been a little bit silent there lately. But go ahead and subscribe now so that as I start writing again, you'll be the first to know. And um, that's it. That's what I got for you. Have an awesome weekend. And I'll catch you on next time.